I get it. Like, I don't, I think that anyone listening to this will probably still be like, I don't understand. That's dumb. But you'd have to live through it to really get it. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 119. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Carrie and Andy, only it's told from Carrie's point of view, mostly to protect Andy's anonymity. Yeah, Andy's anonymity is <laughs> new band name, Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, as Emma said, it is just told from Carrie's point of view, but it's a it's an amazing story, and we're grateful that the two of them uh, were willing to share because it's it's vulnerable, and it's something that I think... Somebody out there who's going through something similar is definitely going to relate to this. Yes. And it, and it is a difficult situation that they went through. And it's exciting that they came out the other side and they're in such an amazing place. Yep. So we hope you enjoy it. And again, thank you, Carrie and Anonymous Andy. <laughs> she does have his full consent, by the way. Yeah. Only one announcement for today's show. We wanted to just announce our next Patreon Q&A. It will be April 22nd, which is a week from today, the release of this episode, at 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, we've been doing these every month for about, I don't know, the last 10 months or so now. Since last summer, yeah. Yeah, and it's been great. We've It's been growing every month, and the community that we've been building around this has been fantastic people are really getting into it and we've been doing some special game nights and some different things to combat the social isolation that everyone's <laughs> feeling right now so we you know we'd love it if you guys would take a look and potentially consider joining uh, we you know the the core of it is every month we do a live video q a where you can call where you join us on zoom you can ask questions. The whole community chimes in, helps each other, supports each other. And at the second tier, you can also be part of our ongoing MeWe chat group where people are constantly asking questions, helping each other out, and honestly sharing pictures of the food they cooked that day. <laughs> food porn. <laughs> so, yeah, we know that this time especially can be very difficult for a lot of you out there, and all of us are craving community and connection. So if that's something that sounds like you'd be interested in, go check out our Patreon or reach out to us too. Just send us an email. Uh, on You can find it on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can send us an email or a voicemail. We do respond to every email and voicemail. So if you're feeling lonely or just want to say hi, please go reach out. Yeah. And maybe we could help find some resources or yeah. direct you in the the way of some community. So thank you for that. Thank you for your support. And, and thank you for listening to us ramble for a second. And we hope you're staying safe and healthy and sane. And let's go hear what Carrie and Andy. Anonymous to, Andy. Anonymous Andy have to say. Let's go. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, and we're excited to have you. This has been almost well a year and a half in the making since since first contact. Since since you first reached out to us, yeah. Yeah. So welcome, Carrie. We're excited to have you, and we're excited to hear your story. Thanks for yeah. reaching out. 
thank you for having me. I'm excited to to tell it. Yeah. Well, we know, I mean, we know a little bit of background and it sounds like over the last year and a half, you've sort of found yourself starting to explore a little bit of a cut queen dynamic. And that's a first for us, but <laughs> it doesn't sound like it was a linear path to get there. And we're excited to hear about it. Um, oh, yeah. It was definitely like boulders, mountains, swimming through rivers to get there. <laughs> but um, it was definitely an interesting story. But yeah, it's it's been really interesting and fun. And it's definitely a different dynamic than I'm used to hearing on your show. So definitely yeah. Yeah. would like to, to kind of explain and yeah. hopefully some, someone else can relate to it <laughs> and yeah, I'm not a total sure. weirdo. <laughs> no, definitely not. And we're excited to hear it. So, yeah. So are you willing to maybe take us back and maybe before that, are you willing to maybe introduce yourself a little bit for listeners and what, what, who are we talking to? Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Carrie. I live in a big metropolitan area in the United States. <laughs> I'm in my early 30s, and my partner is Andy. He is also in his early 30s. We are actually just a couple months apart. We met about four years ago now, um, just on a random night out at friend with, with some friends and what's kind of started as something really casual, just like a lot of relationships do just ended up turning into, I guess what we are now, <laughs> which is a lot more serious cohabitating with my two cat children. <laughs> <laughs> so they may make, they may make an appearance in the Yeah. Background. I can see the ears sticking up over the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a, she's a good listener. Um, how, how long have you two been together? Um, I mean, I say it's been the entire time that we, since we met, but, uh, maybe like three years now. Um, yeah, officially, initially, like I said, it was really casual. And, um, when we first met, actually, we talked a lot, like a lot about, uh, you know, our sexual adventures and in the past, uh, I, 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 I'm bisexual. I let him know that. And uh, we talked a lot about that. I talked about a threesome I had had in the past and he was really interested and seemed really like willing to kind of go there with me. And I, that was exciting to me. But as time kind of went on, things kind of changed. Um, I, as we started to get more serious, I kind of wanted to dial things back and I didn't want to jump right into letting somebody else come into our relationship um, when I was fe- having stronger feelings for, for him. So we kind of dialed it back and I let him know that and it seemed to, to be fine. And our, our physical chemistry, just the two of us was just incredible. Like, I mean, it still is cre- incredible, but um, we all know how like the beginning goes when you just can't keep your hands off of each other. And that's pretty much how we were for a good, like three, four months. And, and yeah, so, uh, eventually, uh, it started coming up again and having a threesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a little bit more about it and he started asking like, Hey, would you want to do it? And I, I was just really iffy. I would say maybe we kind of were looking a little bit, but I just never felt really comfortable. Um, and I think that was in part because we started to kind of 
have more arguments. We were fighting a lot and I, I didn't know where it was coming from. I, I noticed that he would um, get mad over really small things, like really minute details. And it just got kind of exhausting. And when you're fighting a lot with somebody, it doesn't exactly feel like the safest place to start exploring with somebody else. Oh, no, not at all. Absolutely not. So eventually uh, got to the point where we had a very specific fight one night about um, threesomes. And he was like, why would you do it before, but you won't do it with me? And I, I couldn't give him an answer that really made sense to me at the time or to, to him. And he ended up saying, well, if you don't do it with me, I'll go find two other girls to do it with. And that broke me because I, that was like one, one of the first major fights that we had and two, just really threatening. And I mean, any normal person at that, at that time, I, in my head would probably be like, well, fuck this. I'm out then. Um, but I just cried instead. And, um, I broke down and he apologized, but after that, I kind of noticed he started acting funny and he would be very protective of his phone. He would just be acting really suspicious and I can't really like explain it. I think every girl who's gone through this before, just like, they just know when something's up, when that something's up. So I ended up finding out that he was cheating on me and it had been going on for quite a while at this point. So I found out six months after it started because I finally just like, you know, did the, did the detective work and broke into his phone and I, I found the evidence and I put it in front of him. And this was probably about a month or a year and a half into the relationship. And yeah, that's kind of, uh, what ultimately led us to, uh, you know, experiencing a very big trauma. So when I found out he agreed to go to therapy with me, um, and I was just in my head thinking, man, I'm just one of those girls that you see on TV or maybe we all have that type of friend that just stays with the partner when they shouldn't and they try to make it work. Um, but I, I, I can't I can't explain why I stayed, but I, I just loved him. And I don't think he was particularly happy either. Like we were constantly fighting. He constantly had to see me cry and he still stayed and I have no idea why, but we ended up seeing a therapist and she was great. She helped us process a lot of things and she helped me understand why he was doing what he was doing. It turned out that because he came from a a very uh, interesting upbringing, you know, his family were immigrants. There's a big immigrant community where I live, um, of people who are from his same culture. They are like European Catholics, much different than American Catholics. <laughs> um, and just the men in his community did not value women or treat them with much respect. So he was constantly seeing his uh, family members, friends, just other men in the community cheating on their wives. And he just thought that was a normal part of life. 
And among other things, like I, I was able to kind of understand why he treated me certain ways that I thought were kind of crazy and were, were crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So after going through that with you, I guess, did you see a shift or has there been a shift in his approach to the relationship? Well, totally. So um, one of the questions she actually asked us during a session was, have you guys thought about being open? And me being hurt still and just very sensitive at the time, I was pissed. I was like, why the fuck is this bitch asking me if I want to be in an open relationship after this man just cheated on me and shattered my entire life? And I, we actually stopped seeing her because she said that. And it wasn't until a couple months later that I was like, you know what? She's right. Cause in actuality, like neither of us have ever been faithful to our partners. He's been the only man that I've been with that I haven't cheated on and the, or the only, like the only person really, um, prior to him, I was dating a woman and I, I cheated on her and, but we did it for very different reasons he was a very physical person. He just needed the excitement. And I always found myself cheating, but with somebody I would eventually jump into another relationship with, I was always looking for a connection. And, um, at this particular instance, he was particularly seeking out threesomes because he was so upset that I wouldn't have one with him that, and that I had done it before, but I wouldn't do it with him. So, it was just extra hurtful. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So after that, and, and a lot, and a lot to go through, like a year and a half into your relationship, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm just one of those crazy girls that stays in just a bad relationship <laughs> that was, you know, chasing just the the several months that it was good. Um, right. Well, I mean, I guess just before we go further into the story of maybe the non-monogamous journey that. Mm-hmm. We're assuming you go on together. Um, <laughs> do, I mean, are you like you say, like, I'm the crazy girl who stayed overall. Like, are you happy that you stuck it out because it's come through on the other side and it's much better than it was? Absolutely. I this has been the past two to go going on two and a half years have been the best relationship I've ever had. And it's do in large part because we chose a, our t- alternative relationship style. And I don't think that I could have the type of relationship that I have with him with anyone else at right. this point. And we're so far past that. It's, I mean, it's still you know challenging to think about. Um, but I don't think we're, we would be where we are. And I don't think he would be the person he is now uh, if we didn't go through that, I think he'd be still just a asshole, asshole douchebag. Yeah. yeah. Ashbag. <laughs> um, yeah. So after we stopped seeing our great therapist who is doing her job amazingly well, um, <laughs> because she pissed me off, uh, I came to him and I said, you know, I think I kind of want to try having a threesome. And what she had told me during, uh, the, the time we were seeing her also was we, we noticed that during this time where we were just miserable and crying all the time, our sex was so good. And it was just 
it was weird. That was one of the questions why we asked, that we asked her. We're like, why is our sex so good right now? We're, we hate each other. We're like, I hate him <laughs> and we're miserable. Um, and she said, you know, it's, it's completely normal. And it has to do with, um, you know, feeling like you might lose this person that you love or, feeling attraction towards someone else because other someone else perceives them to be attractive to you too or to them too and mm-hmm. I was like oh that's really interesting um I never thought that would ever happen um but I'm glad that we're having this great sex because I'm so miserable but I'm also crying profusely after my orgasm <laughs> so that sucks <laughs> so after we took the time to heal about heal a little bit and he had demonstrated that he w- he was changing and the relationship was getting better and he was being very transparent I was like you know what I want to try this I feel safe um you know I do miss having sex with women like before I met him I was only dating women at the time like I had I'd made up my mind. I was like, you know, I want to try this thing with women, but then he came and just messed it all up. So I was like, I feel like I'm in a a place where I can feel safe doing this. And that's when we started looking. I have a quick follow-up question before we move on to the threesome discussion. Um, while you were going through all of this, I know you, like you said, in, you, in your head, you felt like just the stupid girl who's staying in this relationship, right? <laughs> Did you have you obviously had support from this therapist who sounds like she was mostly amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have support from other people in your lives or was everyone else telling you that you're silly and stupid for staying too? I didn't tell anybody else what had happened. I was ashamed and I had already made up my mind that I was staying with him. So I didn't want their judgment. And yeah. And that's, you know, going through this terrible relationship for the past year and a half, like my friends noticed that I was unhappy and I was, it was very clear to them. So they already hated him. I didn't want to add more fuel to that fire by telling them that he did this heinous thing and then letting them know, Hey guys, I'm going to stay with him though. Yeah. So eventually I did tell them what happened, but that wasn't until later down the road when um, things got better and they weren't able to be like, well, you shouldn't be with him anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. No. And I was just, I thought of that question and was curious. Cause I think that, you know, it's different. You must've felt pretty alone a lot of times too, cause you're going through this <laughs> absolutely without like, having much support at all. Oh yeah. Therapy saved my life and my, my animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And animals definitely help too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so after we decided to like step on the gas pedal, uh we started looking for a woman to uh you know, come hang out with us. And uh we jumped on Tinder cuz you can pay for the service to hide your profile from the world. So my coworker won't know that I'm looking for a threesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we made a couple's profile and, you know, I didn't imagine we'd have as good success as we did. I was just like, wow, a lot of these people are open to having threesomes. <laughs> this is crazy. And I don't, I don't think it, our experience is like everyone else's. Andy is a very attractive man. And I think that together we make up a pretty attractive couple. Um, we're both very much into fitness and yeah, I think that 
like we kind of had a great profile. I don't want to sound like pompous or uh, very into myself, but I think that we're an attractive couple. We had not a big barrier to finding an attractive female that would respond to us. And the first person that we uh, actually ended up hanging out with was a self-identified lesbian. And I was like, hmm, this feels really safe for me, but I I don't know how this is going to work. Um, so we just were chatting for a while and uh, we were able to uh, develop kind of like a good rapport going on. And um, eventually we decided to meet up and have drinks. And she was beautiful, gorgeous. Um, she was kind of younger than us. I think she was about seven years younger than us, which I was a little nervous about because I, I think that level of maturity might not have been there. Um, but it was our first time we were just like figuring it out. And, uh, she was cool. She was, um, very much into me. She, I mean, she was a lesbian and, but she, she got along really well with Andy and, um, I guess, you know, partway through the night we decided like, let's go back home and see how this goes. And she was telling us like, you know, her boundaries and she didn't want to go down on him. Um, but she was perfectly fine with penetration. But once it started, it was a little weird because I could clearly tell that she was a lesbian, not used to, not used to having sex with a man. Um, and Andy is pretty well endowed. And so I just felt like she was hurting and, it was just a little awkward, but it was still like fine. It was fun, but it, for some reason it wasn't my, you know, I was, just, I thought I would like it more. Yeah. And I was like, well, that was, that was cool. But I, I don't know, maybe we should try it again. Cause I don't think that was the right situation. And so we not like this happened the next day or anything, but like <laughs> <laughs> several weeks later, we met up with another girl and we just, we met up for drinks. That's all. And we just had, we hit it off. Like we're great friends at the end of the night. Um, we didn't do anything that night. And we like, I really liked that part. Cause I was, I feel like I just really need to have a connection with somebody in order to engage in any type of sexual activity with them. So I really liked the fact that she seemed like a friend and I was attracted to her and she was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not into just one of us. And so that night, uh, or when it, the next time that we hung out, we got drinks and it was just like a mutual understanding that we we're coming back to our place. And it ended up being magical. Like I was like, this is what I was looking for. Um, and I think for me, the moment I knew it was like awesome was when he started hooking up with her and I was like, wow, that looks great. Like this is turning me on. I was like, so, so turned on. I had like three orgasms. I was just over the moon. I was just, it was just amazing. That was like one of the best orgasms I've still ever had. And we continue to see her a couple of other times. And I had even hung out with her as like alone as a friend. Like we went off hiking and it was cool. Um, but then she started asking if she can see me separately, um, intimately. And it just, we weren't there yet. 
Um, and so I think she got a little too deep in and we had to cut that tie. Um, cause it just, you know, we were so new. We didn't have the, I mean, our communication had already improved so much, but we still didn't have those communication skills to talk about what that meant and, um, what it could mean. So that was kind of our intro into not being ethically non-monogamy, non-monogamous. Yeah. It was, I mean, it sounds pretty cool that you found a magical experience like your second time, like yeah. that, um, you know, in the first one, it doesn't sound like it was awful. It was just a little awkward. Sure. Which they can all be awkward. Right. But and I, I have to imagine that it was probably just, you probably keyed into the fact that she really wasn't there for him. Totally. And that was, I mean, that would make the me uncomfortable. One, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. considering where I'm at now, I it, that totally makes way more sense to me, like why I didn't enjoy that. Like you think that a girl who was focusing just on me, I'm bisexual. I would be like, Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. I don't need him. But that was actually a huge turnoff. Cause I felt like one, he wasn't included and two, he wasn't enjoying himself. And that wasn't sexy to me. Yeah. Um, I yeah, want to so, interrupt you for uh, one yeah. quick question. For you sure. mentioned that you can have a Tinder profile that you pay for that is hidden mm-hmm. from other people. So does that mean you can, they only respond if you swipe on them? Absolutely. Okay. So it's like $10 a month. Mm-hmm. And if you, you, they can't see you unless you swipe on them. So I, I mean, I definitely have swiped past people that I know and I'm just like, thank God I'm paying for this because this would be awkward when I see you at work tomorrow. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I think that's a, a, a good tip for people yeah. out there that are looking to do the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't used it. We don't, we, uh, intentionally do not use most other platforms because there is not that privacy wall. Um, cause privacy means a lot to us. I mean, that's part of the reason why Andy isn't here today. <laughs> he just doesn't yeah. want to be given away. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, like he was totally fine with you telling the story, but just didn't want to be on the show. Himself. Absolutely. He, I've been talking to him about this for months now and he has finally said, yes, you you can go do it. And, um, I do want to point out that everything that I'm saying is from my point of view, so he might have had a little bit of a different experience, but, but for, but for the most part, I feel like our minds are the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think everything's been pretty factual at this point. It's yeah. not, not a whole lot of opinion, but, uh, uh yep. awesome. Well, so you had a couple of threesomes and, and where did things go from there? And along, uh, you know, along this path has, you kind of said you didn't have the communication skills, but were you starting to see these skills and your relationship like growing and changing over this, this time? Totally. We're over communicating everything. Um, when we first started, I think it was, um, there was a lot of rules, like only I can communicate with them. And, um, he was signed into the account, but he had to ask permission in order to say anything. Just a lot of like very, rules that like made me feel safe. And as time went on, I was like, no, I don't want to talk to these people. You talk to them because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> like I hate being on dating apps because I hate the, I hate the chase. It's the worst part of even just being single and being on a dating app. I hate it. Um, so eventually he totally took that over. So like 
things changed. Um, we just, at, once he started taking over more of the responsibility, he was just making sure to like over communicate. He'd still ask for permission to say certain things. And eventually we had like several other like threesomes over the next like year, but it wasn't until, uh, I think the following year I had surgery <laughs> and I was, I couldn't have sex and we had been talking to a couple girls and I was like, you know, I feel like, why don't you just go do it? Like go hook up with her. And, um, we had both been talking to one particular girl. She was super sweet. Um, we hadn't met, uh, but she, I explained the situation. I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to like do anything for at least several weeks. Um, but you know, if you want, I'll share my boyfriend <laughs> like, <laughs> and he ended up, um, we, I mean, we talked a lot that night and, uh, I was maybe a little bit drugged up, but I was still <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I want to do this. I feel like I'm, I'm turned on right now. Like, let's just see where this goes. You know, if we, if let's experiment, if it doesn't work out, I won't be upset with you. I promise. But if it, if we don't like it, we're just not going to do it again. And that's honestly how we live our life now. Like we will push the boundaries, but if there's ever something that like makes me uncomfortable or him uncomfortable, we just stop and we just don't do it again. Or, you know, if it makes me uncomfortable at first and then like three days later, I'm like, you know what? I think I actually like that. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> so that, that happens too. So he ended up going and they hooked up and sent me videos and I have never been so turned on in my life. <laughs> like I, I felt so weird after that, but she, I'm thank you to her. She was like totally okay with sending me videos and like making me feel included. And I mean, I still have one of those videos. It's still like some good material. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after that, I, I was like, what, what is that? Like, why, why do I like that? And I did more research and I figured out like what that type of behavior is called in the kink world. And I guess I'm kind of a cut queen. I enjoy, I enjoy watching my partner with other women. I am definitely not, uh, one of the, the, the cuck holds or cuck queens that like the whole like humiliation part of it. But I enjoy like the, you know, just feeling that good jealousy. And I mean, if she wants to tell me how good it is, I won't, I won't stop her. That's great. But I don't want to be telling, I want anyone telling me like, you suck. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really the first time. And it's kind of just like grown from there. Uh, I think the the next time was when we were trying out Cassidy <laughs> uh, based on y'all's suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I used your code. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Hopefully it was a success. Otherwise, that's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it's it was it had a success but it 
ultimately, I don't think it was the right vehicle for us, but we ended up, you know, trying to say like, maybe this can work for us. I'm not interested in being with other men. And so we kind of just put it out there on our profile, like, Hey, um, I am down to play with other women or if other ladies have a hall pass, feel free. Like he, here he is. And, um, we got a response from an older woman (laughs) and she was very like a beautiful lady. She was going to be in our, um, our area. And she was very sexual. Like her profile was clearly very sexual. And we, we talked back and forth to her a little bit and she actually, um, jumped on a, a Skype call with us and I got a chance to meet her. I was really sick at the time. I had the flu and she was like, Oh, well, you're a beautiful girl. Like too bad. You won't be joining us. And they did that again and they sent me videos and it was great. (laughs) And that's not to say that there were no hiccups at all. Like that, that night in particular, um, I was like, man, why is he taking so long? And I was starting to get nervous. I was getting anxiety. And when he came home, he was just like, I'm so sorry. She talks so much. Like she would, I I could barely get a word in. (laughs) Um, But each, after each of these instances, he came home and he was just like, just like straddles me, hugs me. And is like, I love you so much. I just want to be with you. I love you so much. (laughs) Like, So it was like, I never felt bad about it. Like I never, I was never jealous. I mean, it was jealous in a good way, but I was never like threatened, I should say. Um, it was just really sexy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of where we are today. Like, And it sounds like he's done, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he, it sounds like he's done a pretty good job feel like uh, reassuring you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he is so concerned with my feelings and he wants, he would not do it if I didn't push him out the door. Like he always just makes sure like to, to ask before he leaves, like, are you sure about this? But are you really sure? But, but really, are you really sure? And I'm always like, yes, yes, go, go. If I didn't want you to go, I wouldn't want you to go. And there's been times when like something has happened that made me uncomfortable and we're like, okay, well, how can we avoid that situation in the future? But it's never a fight it's always like, you know, that made me uncomfortable this for this reason, this reason. Like, I think that we shouldn't do this moving forward. And he, he like agrees and he has his own suggestions. So I think that our communication now is just like the best, like I can't even attribute it to anything other than our, our journey through non-monogamy. It's just, I th- and I hear that a lot on your podcast. I think everyone, it's just like some, I don't, know, don't go to therapy, just have threesomes. <laughs> Although you did say earlier. I would earlier, say that's not, that's not endorsed <laughs> medical <know>. advice. Yeah. <laughs> and you did say earlier that therapy saved your life. So maybe <laughs> both, totally. both. Yeah. Things. Combination <laughs> of both is best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's where I am now and we've done it. Uh, you know, a couple other other times since then, but by no means is this something that we're doing like even every month. I'd say our relationship is really monogamish, and this is just something that we do from time to time. Maybe when we get a little bored, or like when we when we just want to. I think that 
it's important to have like to identify a balance between our, our different sex drives though. Cause I think if, if he had the opportunity, we would be doing it more. Um, but I just, I, I, I'm like a, I only do this every now and then kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And especially because I've moved more away, away from wanting to have threesomes, not because I don't like women or cause they're not fun. I, it's, I think I, like my sexual preferences have just changed. And ever since we kind of (laughs) lit that fire, um, with my kink, it's, it's kind of hard to go back, um, when I can't fully enjoy the aspect of it that I want to enjoy. Like I I just want to (laughs) watch. Right. Right. So it's, it's easier for you to not be there physically, right? Then. Oh, if I could be there physically, to watch it, that would be amazing. But I don't feel like all women are really comfortable with that. Getting a woman to have a threesome is a hell of a lot easier to get a woman to be like, hey, can I watch you fuck my boyfriend? <laughs> like, it's it's a little weird sometimes, and they just kind of unmatch you. <laughs> right. So have, have most of the experiences then been you're there and it's a threesome, or do you just oftentimes have him go and you stay back and hear about it later? So it's our, most of our, um, most of our experience with non-monogamy is threesomes. I'd say majority of the cases, but the majority of the times when we're, um, satiating my kink, it has been him doing it alone. There's only been one girl, um, who's actually my favorite (laughs) (laughs) that, that, has let me be present, but I've also wanted to partake in, in that situation. Like, um, it was one girl that we met together and she's just beautiful. Like, um, I love her as a person and, um, as a lover, she's, she's just really like great package. You guys should talk to her. (laughs) Um, yeah. So when we met her, she was new to having threesomes, but she was really like interested in exploring by her bisexuality. She was just a really sexual person. And, um, we met her and we're like blown away when we met her like in person. And, um, when we went back to our place, I was kind of explaining to her like my kink. And as she got to hear more about it, I feel like she was deliberately trying to like make that happen for me. So while we did all engage in sex together, the like halfway through the night, like I'm making us all snack because sex makes you hungry. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making a snack and I like look over to the couch and um, <laughs> I, I look over and she is just going down on him and he's just looking at me in the kitchen um, from the couch, just like smiling and nodding. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, like, oh my God. It was like the most sexy thing in the world. I finished what I was cooking. And I, I, I think I was actually d- deliberately taking my time because I was just like wanting it to happen more so I can just watch. <laughs> and then they go to the bedroom and like, I just stayed out of it for a while. And she like was fine with that. And I think she actually even liked it a little bit. Just like, just kind of voyeuristic and uh yeah um she's definitely our most regular partner and since then I think 
we always just engage in it together, but, um, that was really cool of her and she's totally down to, um, help, help a girl out. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have a wing woman. Yeah, (laughs) it is. She's the best. (laughs) So I, I mean, maybe one thing that people have a little hard time, like wrapping around is that like you started from a place of like trauma, like you said, right. The, the infidelity Mm -hmm. and the, I'm going to leave you and go have threesomes without you. And then coming all the way full circle to your, you're in such a place now where there's enough trust and communication and everything to where like you want to encourage this person who cheated on you to go and do the thing that was so hard to have happen, you know, uh, two years before. Yeah. To a lot of people, it'd be hard to wrap their mind around that. And I, can understand that. Like I <laughs> looking in at our relationship, if I were to explain this to somebody, um, I, I know that they would think I was dumb. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, but I now see like after going through what I went through and I know this is the best possible situation for both of us. I think I had always been open to being open, but I'd never felt safe enough to do so. Uh, and I don't want to, tell anyone that change is like going to happen for anyone. Cause I honestly think most people don't change. I got really lucky with Andy, um, that he, he did change and he kept all of his promises. And since then we don't hide shit from each other. I know where he is at all times. I have his location on my phone. I have all of his passwords. I don't ever use that anymore. I might have at at first, but he really took the steps to rebuild that trust. And after figuring out like that I have this kink, it made sense why we were having such good sex after we had gone through that trauma. Like I was processing all these women having you know, had their way with my, my man and I sexualized it. And I feel like that's more powerful than being hurt by it. Like I took something that hurt me and now it's something that I enjoy. Um, so I, I get it. Like, I don't, I think that anyone listening to this will probably still be like, I don't understand that's dumb, but you'd have to live through it to really get it. And, um, even recently, like my friends who once hated him have come to me and they're just like, he's changed so much and I'm so happy for you. You know, this is the guy I'm going to marry. So Mm -hmm. I, if anywhere, anyone that knows me knows that I am now a happier person than I've been ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And have you seen changes for yourself? Like, in, I mean, you said, right, you're happier now, but have you seen other shifts in who you are through this journey? Um, yes. Um, I don't take shit anymore. Um, I, I feel like now I feel strong enough to communicate with him when I feel like he is being an asshole. And I'll articulate why, like why. We, we use a lot of the tools that our, our therapist gave us. So therapy is important, but I am able to articulate myself better than just like breaking down and crying. I am more honest. I value my relationships more. I am 
very, like I make sure that both of us as a couple are very respectful to women. Not that we weren't before, but like, I just witnessed the change in him compared to like our, our initial first year. Like he is so respectful to all these women and it means a lot to to him to be respectful to them, to them too. Like he makes an effort and I'm just having more fun. Like I feel, I feel sexier. Like it's, it's hard to be in a long-term relationship because you lose that fire. And I've gone through that before. Um, I've been in pretty long-term relationships and even I in the past have lost interest on some levels, like going from having sex like four to five times a week to having sex once a week, maybe less than that. That sucks. So when you have something to like, kind of like light the spark every now and then, um, yeah, it's just, it's more fun, more open. I'm way more open to just a lot of things that are not sexual yeah 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 have you how how open are you with your your friends about this i'm i guess i'm just going to assume that since it's mostly a sexual thing you probably don't tell all your family about it but i i'm just curious (laughs) like on the on the family and friends side are you open about this no um yeah you you assumed right i (laughs) because it is mostly sexual in nature i just feel like it's not their business Um, and like I said, he's a very, um, very private person. So I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. Um, I would love to tell my best friends because I think that they would get kick out of it. But, um, I, you know, I, out of respect for him, I, I'm not going to do that. Like if he like described in detail my boobs to his guy friends, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I stole your question, Emma. I know that's one of yours. I know it's what I ask often. <laughs> you can take <laughs> but mine now. It's okay. <laughs> um, how about sexual health? How have you handled that? With, um, I mean, obviously, you've been through both, like having your partner cheat on you, and then that like transitioned to threesomes, and you're still. How have you, I guess, handled that sexual health piece? Sure. Um, well, he is conditioned very very conditioned to always use condoms like (laughs) um I don't think he ever wanted to give get a girl pregnant like even eventually if we want to have kids one day I think that it will be so weird for him to actually like do that inside Uh (laughs) like (laughs) um so definitely condoms and other than that, it's kind of like the risk that we're willing to accept because we're mainly with other women. I, I we don't use like dental dams because I don't know. I just, you don't want to. Yeah, and, and that's your choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, no we judgment. get tested extremely regularly. Every time we're with a new partner, we always do. And we're very clear about our results and we ask about their sexual health. Um, but other than that, I don't really have to worry about my sexual health with other men because there, there are none. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, I was curious too about that. Are you, do you ever see, like, this is something you discovered about yourself right in the last two years that you didn't mm-hmm. really know was there a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I guess, do you see yourself or have you seen yourself discovering any other things that you didn't know were there over the last two or three years? I... We'll never say never. And I think that 
Andy and I will continue to experiment with certain things. He is not comfortable with me being with another man. I'm not really interested in it because like I said before, I, I, um, in order to be physical with somebody, I feel like I really need an emotional connection and I just don't want an emotional connection with another man. I feel for me personally, that takes away my connection with my partner. Um, everyone's different. And, um, I think it's what we're all willing to accept. Like if I never have, if I never, if, if Andy's never comfortable with me being with other man, I am completely okay with that. I won't even, the thought won't even cross my mind. And I'm perfectly willing to accept that. I don't see it as being like a fairness issue. Um, but maybe we'll try other things though. Like I've talked to him about potentially going to a sex club that isn't in our home city. <laughs> and um, I don't know, this desire place that y'all keep on mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but I don't know how I feel about the whole naked thing I mean I'm fine with it but like Andy doesn't even get naked just around me walking around the house like (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair he can can wear shorts if he wants I I will I will go on the record saying that I wear shorts 90% of the week at Desire Oh really? I felt like everyone like you're just you stand out if you wear shorts. So it was like yeah, I, I do. And I hear that there's a threesome weekend at Desire at some point. Oh <laughs> like, really? Like, on their website, I'm sure. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm sure there is. We just don't know yeah. about it. Um, yeah, usually they encourage you to take your um, to be naked in the pools and hot tub, but. I mean, at that point, like every like you're under half underwater. Right? Yeah, but you see a lot of women who wear their bottoms. Yeah, in, so. it's really like whatever your comfort yeah. level is. Maybe we'll see. We <laughs> I'm not trying to convince it. you to go. I'm just saying, <laughs> I wear my shorts all week and oftentimes a long sleeve sun shirt. So I'm, it's really just like any other resort for me. But everybody else is naked. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I I don't know. I mean, I. I think that we're still relatively new to being like non-monogamous, you know, comparatively, like y'all have been in it for a decade or so. It's not a competition. (laughs) You've had, you've had way more threesomes than us. So (laughs) that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like we have so much more time now to like continue to explore but we're honestly, we're pretty like vanilla in terms of like actual sex. So <laughs> like, I don't see us doing the whole like BDSM thing or like, I'm not a sadomasochist. I don't enjoy pain <laughs> yeah. or giving pain. Not really. Hey, no, it's awesome. And it's, it's awesome that, it, you know, like you said, you're, you're both willing to experiment and try things. And if you don't like it, you're not going to do it again. And it's it's awesome to see that you've come you know so far in the journey right like you've gone from a really bad place to a really amazing place in a relatively short amount of time and it's awesome to hear that yeah and it sounds like both of you are just like really excited about moving forward in your relationship and what you know what it might bring like you said you'll never say never but you know you have some ideas of what you are interested in what you may not be yeah i mean and I feel like talking about it, it's, I, I, it seems like we do a lot more than we actually do. Like, for example, right now we are pretty 
monogamous. Like we, we go through phases and, um, I think everyone kind of does, but yeah, I mean, life I is like, there's a lot of things in life. Right. And sometimes you're just busy mm-hmm. with other things. Yeah. And like, if sometimes uh, if we're not feeling super like confident physically, you know, right after Christmas, after you eat like seven pies, like I don't really want to have a threesome or be naked with even my partner. So <laughs> I think that times change and like, um, maybe once I'm feeling more sexual with women again, that will change and I'll want to have more threesomes. So, right. Right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, is there any final thoughts that you have that you'd like to share or kind of wrap things up for us and we'll let you get along with your evening? And, um, I mean, I just want to say thank you to you guys. Cause, um, you guys started your podcast right around the time that we started to explore things. And so listening to your episodes of like really put things in perspective for us, like we've sent each other multiple of the multiple episodes of them. And we're like, yeah, this doesn't make like a hundred percent sense, but like I'm taking bits and pieces and it, it, it really helps. Um, and I mean, Dan Savage is awesome. I, I'm not a book reader, so I haven't read any of those. I, I actually downloaded, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Like Tristan Terramino's book. Opening uh, up, yeah. Or The Ethical Slut. And I, I didn't read it. But I want to. It's the intention. Right. That <laughs> exactly. That's what I always say. <laughs> um, so, awesome. But yeah, other than that... That's just us. So thank you guys. No, well, thank you for for sharing your story. And again, we're hopeful that, you know, somebody out there resonated with them and that maybe they'll come on and and share as well. And I think that's, you know, the thing that when you reached out and you said, you know, we haven't heard anything like this and we struggle Mm -hmm. to find stories like this. And I guess just for everybody that that if you're feeling that way about your story and you think it would be helpful to share it, I mean, this is a great example. So thank you for, for being willing to do that. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, real quick. Do you have any funny bloopers that you can think of off the top of your head that you'd want to share? I'm sure I can. Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one time when um, we had met this, this really great girl, um, but it was like kind of hard to nail down a time with her, like kind of wishy-washy. Um, and we had been drinking, we'd been doing some day drinking, um, on this particular day in question. And you know, like after you come home and you like put your, your night clothes on and you're like ready for bed ish, you're just like, get ready to relax. You'd been drinking. You're really tired, like really, really tired. Um, this girl hits us up at that very moment when I'm like, Oh, I'm relaxing. Um, and she's like, Hey, like, do you guys want to hang out? Like I'm down. And in being in a, like a couple's dynamic, like if a beautiful girl is telling you that she wants to hang out, like those, those times are elusive. They're fleeting. So you have to say yes. (laughs) Most of the time. So I was like, yes, how am I going to do this? Oh my God. I'm so tired. Um, so I go to the kitchen and I start taking shots because that was what made sense to me. I was like, I'll wake up if I take like three shots right now. Uh-oh. And this- that seems log- <laughs> By the way, that seems very logical. <laughs> Maybe you could take espresso shots. That, that would be better than <laughs> Yeah. 
dumb. Um, but I, I did, I took a, a, several shots and we went out and we, I was fine. Like I was like, it did, it did work. Um, I was awake, but you know, I was a little drunk and we proceeded to have another drink with her, come back. And then we were drinking more and I just blacked out and I passed out naked on the couch in the middle of the threesome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it could have been worse. <laughs> and you know those moments when you wake up in the morning after having blacked out and you're just, your eyes shoot open and I just turn to Andy and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, Wait. And then and it's all flooding back to me like, oh, we met up with that girl last night. Oh, shit. I don't remember. Where is she? And he just like, let me know. Like, yo, you passed out like naked on top of her nipple <laughs> and that was pretty embarrassing I had to text her and I was just like oh it's like so so embarrassed <laughs> but I guess that that's a that's a blooper yeah no that's a funny one I mean I will say though in a weird way I mean maybe it was you got to experience the cut queen piece right like you were blacked out and he got to do his thing <laughs> So you were you were there and not there all at the same time. But she didn't get to watch. Well, but that's I think I, I think I actually ruined the moment after that. Uh, you got to power <laughs> through those moments. <laughs> like you would. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, self-deprecating story. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate your you. humility. We're all human. We all make mistakes and do funny I don't stuff. like it when anyone humiliates me. I just like to humiliate myself. Hey, I'm that's with you. That's yep. the type of cook queen I am. There yep. you go. That's a, a very unique fetish. <laughs> I want to humiliate myself in front of you. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for sharing and for everything. And we're excited to have met and maybe someday we'll get to talk to Andy if he's ever feeling <laughs> gregarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll let him know you said so. I'm sure he, he, he will hear you. Yeah. Hear it. <laughs> he will. Straight into his earbuds. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you to Andy for letting you share and uh, we will be in touch. Yeah. Have a wonderful night. You too. And we're back. Thank you to Carrie and Andy for being vulnerable and reaching out to share this amazing story. Yep, it was great, and we're excited to get it out there in the world. And again, it's one of those that we know is going to help somebody out there and give hope to somebody who is probably going through a difficult situation. So thank you again. Next week, we have a fun interview, a crazy who boy. Yeah. It's a doozy. Hold on. Hold on it's for this one. It's a doozy. Laura and David take us through their story, which is amazing. Also, it's, a, a, it's a, just amazing. Kind of a story of what not to do in their own words. Yeah, they said it, not us. <laughs> <laughs> but it is great. And they're great people and they're doing great work in the community. So come back next week. Listen to that. In the meantime, head over to our website. Check out, you know, previous episodes, pictures of our guests, uh, resources that we recommend, and again, maybe check out the Patreon community, see if it's a fit for you. Or reach out to us. Yeah, say hello, and we will say hello back. Our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And with that, we will see you next week with Laura and David. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.